Madness in the Method, the podcast where we talk about uh, Nicolas Cage. Only Nicolas Cage, and nothing but Nicolas Cage. I mean, we talk about other stuff, but Nicolas Cage is always adjacent, so to speak. Um, my name is Tobias Vidim, and with me, as always, is my f- uh, friend and trusted co-host, Christopher. Hello, everyone. Hello. And today, we are talking about yet another action movie. Um, it's a... It, it was kind of that time in the mid in the mid mid nineties for for Nicolas Cage. He he really he really took to the to the to the Hollywood uh, uh, you know ho- Hollywood opened its arms and he was just like yes bring it on bring it on. <laughs> um, and this is like the third movie in uh, I I found out that this is kind of an unofficial uh, trilogy at least you know for for fans not not in any other in any sort of official uh, aspect. Um, and we're talking about the 1997 John Woo action classic Face Off. Um, I don't. I don't think we need to uh, introduce it much more than that. It's 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 Face Off. It's 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 a uh, it's pretty pretty well known. I think. Yeah, it's, it's the one, one where those... they they take off people's faces, and put them on other people. <laughs> it's one of those movies that uh, I don't think everyone has seen it, but everyone has at least heard of it. Oh yeah, everyone knows because because of the big gimmick where they switch faces on yeah. Travolta and Cage. I rem- I remember this is one of those movies that you heard on like in school when like o- on the playground sort of. Mm-hmm. Where people yeah. would, Have you seen this movie? No. I'm... Yeah, you 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 see it when they take off the face, you see all the blood yeah. and, and, and sinew. It's gross, and I mean you do, <laughs> but it's very briefly. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We've both seen it before, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. many times. Yeah. Do you remember first time you saw it? I don't remember exactly, but I know I watched it on a um, uh, what do you call it? It was recorded off the TV by my dad. Mm. Um, so I've I've seen it many times in my youth, but I think I've only seen the the proper opening where where they uh, I guess spoilers where they killed uh, John Travolta's uh, son. I think I've only seen that like two or three times when I actually bought the movie on DVD some years ago. Oh, they missed to record that on the VHS. Yeah, so it always started like <laughs> with the whole uh, them going after him on the plane, basically. Oh, okay. Um. So that that always that. That's that little sequence always throws me off. Like, all right, it starts out kind of sappy, but you know, in a good way. Yeah, it starts off in the, like the same sappy way that the Conair does. Yeah, but but without like spewing exposition about who this guy is, it's just yeah, showing us true. you know motivation instead. Um, yeah, I mean, John Woo is a is a, is a great one of the great directors, really. Oh yes. in the action genre. And oh yes, he, he knows what he's doing. So, <laughs> indeed, and this is far from his first movie too. Oh yeah, yeah, he's, it's not even his first Hollywood movie. He made two before this. What is it? Hard Target and Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow with John Travolta, right? Yes, John Travolta have... and the other guy. I never remember what his name. Uh, is. Christian Slater, I think. Yes, you know, Slater. I, right. I haven't seen that one, but I, I, I hear I've heard mixed things. I've seen Hard Target, and I'm not a fan. Okay. Not so much of the action. Because the action is fine, but it's just the, the plot and Van Damme is, you know, he's Van Damme. So. <laughs> he, yeah, I, he ain't no Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I haven't seen that one, but I, I have seen Broken Arrow. I think I saw it uh, sort of in the same, maybe the same year or same, same time span as I saw Face Off the first time. Because yeah. it was, I remember seeing Face Off for the first time. It was a friend who had it on a... a, a uh, bought VHS, mm. and he also had Broken Arrow. I don't remember if it's if they because I think it was his older brother who bought them, and I remember I think he bought them together or something. Oh, so yeah, yeah, because it it just came out like the year before or something like that. I think. Yeah. Yeah, ninety six. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I I, I, I remember so watching them not back to back, but sort of back to back. Uh, and and uh, I mean. They're both great, I'd say. But Face Off is the better one. Oh yeah, obviously. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't say, but because I, I haven't seen it. But I mean, I'm just looking at the plot. And, <laughs> I mean, Christian Slater. Is, yeah, I mean, Face Off. Also, you know, judging from which one everyone remembers, like. Oh yeah. 
Someone might remember Broken Arrow, but everyone remembers Face Off. Yeah. And and you know, for for uh, for 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 good reason, because <laughs> I don't know if you've said this already. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. And it's one thing I was thinking of now when I saw it because it, it was a while since I saw this. This is not a one of those yeah. movies I rewatch often. So no, no, it's been it's, a while since I saw it too. So so it's above five years since I saw this last. Uh, so, so I, I remember like the set pieces and the action scenes, but I didn't remember all the details. Uh, but one thing that really hit me in watching this one is that this is very sort of anime. Yes, <laughs> it's, um... it's, it's very much of these uh, pointing gun at each other and. Uh, Spewing cool lines. Yeah, and everyone has cool clothes. There's a bunch of yeah. slow motion, you know, a, a lot of like staged poses. Uh, yeah, yeah, specifically uh, Nicholas Cage character, or well, or John Travolta's character, uh, however yeah. you want. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Caster Troy. <laughs> yes, but he is very much of these very flair and a lot of gold and cool, cool custom guns and oh yeah, that fucking dragon. Uh, the money hold money, money clip yeah, yeah it's so cool <laughs> um i mean I, I mean it makes sense because um, um i mean but i mean i don't know chicken and the egg but i mean uh, asian filmmaking has definitely influenced anime probably just as much as anime has influenced asian filmmaking so yeah, yeah. having a, a a director who's up until this point mostly made movies in in uh, he's from Hong Kong, I think John Woo uh, is. There? I think Hong Kong. I'm not I think yeah. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's because it's Hong. Kong. He basically invented Hong Kong action. Yeah. Um, yes, it is. Yeah. And it feels like this movie is because if we've seen his older movies, uh, like the most famous one, I think The Killer. The Killer uh, and Hard Boiled. The, yeah, Hard Boiled. Right, that's the one. I'm I, I, I've seen some. I haven't seen that many actually, but I've seen those two, and I've seen some other movie he made. Yeah, and and he really has. That flair, because I, I think it's horrible or killer or both. I remember with the the doves, just always doves when, oh, when there's all, a shootout. Oh, no, it's it's yeah. There's always doves in the final shootout in every movie he makes. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember if there's in Wind Talkers, but his all his like action movies. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons this movie is so memorable, specifically when it came, because this was not the kind of action movies that existed at time in Hollywood at that time. No, this uh, this flair I mean, and overdramatic and, and I mean Con Air that we did last week it, it has some of it but it's not this not on the much. same level not no. even close and and I think that's one of the things that people rem- people remember it because when they saw it it's not just it's a ludicrous premise uh it's it's awesome action but also this weird flair that it, it seems. Uh, new and exciting, sort of. Yeah, I mean, gen- general audience for general audiences, like Asian cinema wasn't really a thing in the nineties, uh, anywhere really outside of 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 uh, Asia. I mean, there's always yeah. you know film buffs, whatever, but in general, yeah, people didn't watch Hong Kong action or Japanese movies. And stuff yeah, and, like that. and the only one, well, there was some. That, oh, yeah. that came, but but that wasn't the the modern. It was the the old the old ones. Oh the, sure, yeah, yeah. But the, the Bruce modern, Lee yeah. and, and sure, yeah, yeah. And and we do we did have, of course, Jackie Chan movies before these mm. before this. But I mean, that was him acting in American movies by American yeah. directors. It wasn't like, um, it wasn't directed by by a, a, a Hong Kong a Hong Kong director or an Asian director. Yeah. Um, so it was definitely definitely this one kind of. Uh, what's it, what's it, this? Was, this was kind of a breakthrough when it came to to Asian, especially Asian action cinema. I think, uh, yeah, like internationally. Definitely. Uh, yeah. It, I, the only thing that I think I dislike about John Woo's style, which is very prominent in this movie, uh, and it's he doesn't use it sparingly. That's my issue. Is uh-huh. slow motion. Oh, it, okay. In this movie, there's so much slow motion that, I mean, if you just, if you put all the slow motion scenes in this movie and just put them regular speed, <laughs> I, I think that's that's probably like 15, 10 minutes less than this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 
I remember people having that same argument uh, when 300 came out that the movie's like mm. 40 minutes if you just speed up everything. Yeah, it's so yeah. much slow motion. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, 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 I love it. <laughs> yeah, just to say, I, I, it works in some movies. Like 300, it works great in that movie because it's more of a, a sort of a, I don't know, a, a genre movie sort of. Yeah. It's more of a fantasy thing. Uh, it, so it works better there. But I think since this one is sort of based in reality, <laughs> there's no superpowers and things like that, then mm. it it gets a little excessive at the end of this movie, I think. Because, yeah, it's, every scene in, in, in their in vacuum is great. They're, they're great. But when yeah. you just put them together, it's just too much slow. But just come on, just get over. Come on. I li- I like that it accentuates the action um uh, in in a way in a way in a, in a different way from other uh action movies uh, cuz I was thinking of that when we were when I was watching this um the the opening scene on the, on the uh, on the on the airport um yeah. is it's like I mean it's like almost 10 minutes long I think I didn't I didn't time it mm. I just looked at the the, the runtime um and I was thinking like I love this scene. Um, I don't have a problem with it being very long and very drawn out. So what is the difference between that scene and the car chase in The Rock? <laughs> and it's like, why do I like one and not the other? And uh, I, 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 I think it comes down to style. Like the 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 car the car chase in in The Rock is is so hectic and and so. Um, over the top in almost a, an ironic way, while that scene with all its slow motion and 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 uh, you know f- f- flare, it's it's just first of all it's much more well directed. It's almost like a like a dance, if that <laughs> maybe a little cliche to say, but it, it, it's I think it's much better choreographed and directed. Um, yeah, and I gotta say, and another it, and thing... it has an emotional impact at the end. Also, yeah, yeah. it but leads up to something. Another thing, if we take the the yeah the the first action scene with the the airplane and the the in the airport, I think one of the big thing that makes that work instead of the the rock chase scene is here we have it's just seconds here and there, but it makes a lot of difference. Just seconds of calm and. People exchanging dialogue and things, mm. and and it's not just action. There are things people are saying things, and there's are some story in the action too. Uh, yeah. While in the rock chasing, there's more of a pause the story for the action. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. proceed the story. Uh, I think in 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 this movie and, and yeah, I'll say Connor too. It, yeah, for the most part, to, yeah. some, to some extent, that every action scene. It drives the story forward and it drives the characters forward in their development mm. in some way. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's that's how you make a great action scene. Yeah. You have to and... have these small calm moments because I'm thinking in the plane. Uh, just this, just one example is when there one billion cars is chasing this plane and there's the <sighs> helicopter and and all of these things are happening people shooting but we have these few seconds where Caster Troy just goes into the cockpit and tells the uh pilot we have to lift off now or I'm going to shoot you and <laughs> it's a it's it it's sort of a in the moment it's sort of a quiet moment it lets you breathe for one second before next hail of gunfire and yeah. things and happening he- it gives the audience a sense of direction. We understand what's going on. It's not just cars mm. exploding and driving all over the place. There's a, there's yeah. um, there is a clarity to the action. Yeah. Um, and therefore, to to take it back to your first uh, uh, um, point. point of contention, um, I, sh- sure there might be a little overabundance of slow motion, but I think that's fine since. Every almost every action scene in the movie fills a purpose, and so I, I I'm just every time that an action scene happens, I'm just delighted. <laughs> I'm, I'm not like bored or like oh not another one. Oh yeah, I'm yeah, just happy I, I, it's yeah, so full I, of style and flair. I agree, I agree. I, I I love the action scene. I'm I'm not bored at all. I'm just saying it. When I was at the end of the movie, I was feeling okay. We don't need this scene to be slow motion. We had a lot of it. <laughs> it was 
sure, just that because sure. no, yeah. also because of how I see slow motion and this is just uh, like how I watch movies and how I think movies are made and this is again probably this is a director from Hong Kong who has a different way of making movies than than we are used to in Hollywood mm. um, which is what we in Sweden mostly consume is Hollywood usually yes. um, and and that that is the thing that that um, a slow motion scene for me is a um, uh, it's it's a way to point this specific thing is interesting look at this we need to slow down so you notice this specific thing because it's mm-hmm. either cool <laughs> or yeah. it's uh, it has a plot point or something but I think in this movie and I think mo- most of John Woo's movies he uses it to that extent that it becomes less important when it's slow motion. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I, sure. I, I don't... I, I can it, see that. It doesn't catch my attention the same way because it's so much of it. While in another movie where they have slow motion like four times maybe through the entire movie, I know these four moments are interesting and specific and I need to... Uh, this needs to have my attention. And, and that's sort of my issue with it. So it's more of just a personal thing more than a critique to the movie. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I, I, I hear you. I recognize you. And I totally disagree. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I just, I yeah. love the action throughout. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, even, I mean, I was even thinking like, cause this, this is a long movie. Uh, oh, this yeah. is, this is, it's even longer than The Rock, right? Um, or no, The Rock maybe was even longer because this wow. is two hours and nineteen minutes with the credits. Uh, yeah, and The Rock is two min- two hours sixteen with ah, uh, with credits. All right, so they're basically the same. They're um, basically. But I was never bored watching this. No, 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 no. And we even have like a long stretch. Um, after whosoever face gets put on the other <laughs> guy. Um, and he goes to the prison. There's mm. almost no action. It's all storytelling, and it's all a lot of like big emotional scenes. Yeah. Um, and other yeah, other than the prison fight between him and the the guy with the the goatee, Boo Boo Bouvon or whatever his name was, the guy who helps him escape. Yeah, him. yeah. Um, and and I, and I was thinking like, oh, we haven't seen some action in a while. And I'm, I mean, but but like, if that was in The Rock, I would be like, can we. Can we move on? At least the action, something happens. And here, they were using the time to like build the characters, especially since we need to we need to like readjust from from uh, uh, Nicolas Cage being the bad guy to John Travolta becoming the bad guy, and like trying to um, acclimate ourselves to like, all oh, right, so it's it's it is Nicolas Cage, it's Caster Troy, but he's wearing Sean Archer's face. Um, and I think they do a, they they take the appropriate amount of time to establish that and make us kind of a, a accept that and also you know uh, continue continue uh, the story before they just throw in a bunch of action. Yeah, uh, and another thing why I think that works so good the the, the emotional scenes uh, are because these actors are at their top of their game. Oh yeah, uh, and and both Travolta and um, Nicolas Cage—they are—they're—they're—they're they're, they're playing so many parts at the same time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and it's and and they do it phenomenally. I'd say uh, there is I there's no time where I don't buy that John Travolta is Nicolas Cage playing a character who is playing another character to the yeah, other. Yeah, I mean. That's that's like Inception levels. Like he's John Travolta is playing Nicolas Cage, pretending to be uh, John Travolta. Yeah. <laughs> so he has to he has to act like Nicolas Cage, trying to be John Travolta, and vice versa. Yeah, and I and think yeah, and they pull it off pretty well. I think. Yeah, and and I think that's why the emotional scenes are interesting because even if the story at times isn't the best. No, uh, it, you, it, it drags it, a little. It does. Yeah, it drags a little. It's kind of ludicrous uh, at at most of the time, <laughs> and but but even <laughs> if it the story doesn't work, you can always just fall back to admire how great the acting is and and the characters because yeah. uh, the characters are are I'd say greatly written too. Um, oh yeah, 
The characters yeah. specifically. Maybe the story isn't all time, but the characters are. Characters are well written. Um, I mean, for, for an action movie, but yeah, oh, yeah. yeah the, the story is pretty simple actually. It's just you know, a criminal takes over uh, you know uh, cops or whatever a secret agent's life, mm. um, while while the secret agent is, is stuck with the identity of the criminal. Yeah. Um, and they're you know trying to trying to uh, get back his life basically. Yeah, it's more of these sort of borderline sci-fi moments with with e both the face thing but also the prison thing whereas like yeah. this prison that's out in the in a lake I think it's not the sea I no I think it's supposed to be the sea, the ocean okay cuz you see land throughout around it yeah well uh, yeah I I don't know actually I, I but yeah. I, I'm I'm thinking it, since it's an, it's an old I think it's supposed to be an oil drill platform I don't think mm. I, mean, I mean they could be in the sea I don't know I don't know yeah. either way but, yeah but this thing it has magnetic boots and it's just it, oh yeah yeah it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's very it's very not real <laughs> uh, that, but that's kind of funny because the movie was supposed to be a sci-fi movie from the start and that makes sense. Yeah, uh, I mean, you've probably heard the fact that the original actors were uh, Schwarzenegger and uh, Stallone. No, I haven't heard it, but oh, it okay. does not surprise me at yeah. all. Yeah, because it was, I mean, it was written back in, like, 1990. I mean, it was even written mm. before that, but it was uh, purchased or appropriated by some producer, whatever. Um, and it was definitely, it was supposed to take place in the future, so that the the future stuff would make more sense. I mean, they grounded pretty well in this version of the movie, but it was like, oh, face uh, swapping is, is it's easy because it's the future. And, you know, super max prisons where you have magnetic boots is fine because it's the future. <laughs> um, and it was going to be more like a straightforward, um, like, uh, they didn't have a director back then, but I, I'm thinking this would almost be like a, like a Paul Verhoeven film, like Total Recall. Um... Or uh, what's the other one he made? Uh, Robocop. It almost feels like that kind of a movie, almost. Hmm. But yeah. then there were, yeah. But then there was a bunch of uh, um, actors and directors who kind of jumped ship because it, you know, not kind of got stuck in development hell. And then when John Woo ended up with it, he was like, "No, we should set it in modern day." And he he actually ha- is quoted saying that we should focus on the emotional elements of the movie. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. So instead, of, so, so removing all the the sci-fi gimmicks to just focus on the characters, and that's very nice to hear from someone you mainly think of as an action director. <laughs> no, characters are important as well. The the one movie I was thinking of while watching this, uh, not at any. Like story points, well, maybe, but mostly just it was a feeling. There's, I, mm-hmm. I can't really point at any specific thing, but this it had a, a similar feeling to Demolition Man. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I was thinking because this this um, cop, this super crazy criminal, and the feeling of this sort of sci-fi, but not really. I mean, Demolition Man is straight up sci-fi, but it's yeah. a very Grounded sci-fi, sort of. Sure, I'm just, um, and I, I can see what you're saying, but I, for me, Demolition Man is almost like a comedy at times, and this, oh, is, yeah. this is not. Well, it is kind of funny, but it's not like a comedy. Well, I mean, no, it's not a comedy, but it is. It is. It has just as yeah, as all <laughs> action moves. We we talked yes. about that before. That and uh, I think we talked about when we reviewed The Rock. We talked about The Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, that. They tried it, but they failed at it to have that levity thing. Yeah, it those... didn't. Yeah, it didn't work because yeah, it was Michael Bay. And yeah, and here, and... here it works, and specifically from Castor Troy's character because he is. Oh yeah. No matter who plays him, it's a very fun character to watch. Most yeah. of the things he does is, in a way, funny but menacing. Um, yeah, he's almost. I mean, he's almost like. Joker esque. He seems to yeah. revel in in like e- e- being evil almost. Like, yeah, it, Ooh, it, I'm so delightfully <laughs> vicious. Oh yes. Yeah, and just the concept, which I I don't think I've ever seen in another movie. I I don't I don't think I connected the dots when I watched it last time. But that he's like a terrorist for hire. Yeah. That's just <laughs> what the fuck is that? Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually it's like I want you to kill this man. It's like, no, no, I want you to destroy LA. Yeah. Sure, I'll do it. I want you to create terror. <laughs> That's, okay, cool. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's he is like like he's like a comic book villain. Yeah, like the Joker, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think those those parts of it made me sort of, uh, and and the the very the as I said before, the very anime style and it's very over the top and it, mo- all of those things combined sort of made me think of Dem- Demolition Man. There are yeah. some uh, similar feelings. But I'm not saying that they are even on the same no, level no, of no, movie. No, no, that's no. not what I'm saying. Demolition Man is fucking terrible. <laughs> no, I think it, it's it's fucking great if you I, watch I enjoy it. it if you, but it's a yeah, bad it's, movie. Yeah, yeah, it's it's bad in every. It's I don't know. It's it's one of those. It's like um um the one that the the movie that people talk about in a meme way. Uh, Idiocracy. Oh. Yeah, it's it's oh. a movie which is. It's actually pretty terrible. It's not that good, but you're it's you're enjoying it. And then there are some parts of uh, like society criticism that is yeah, yeah. There are genuinely that, yeah, because I love Idiocracy. Yeah. I wish I wish more people talked about that movie. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a dumb movie, but like you said, it has it has like some genuinely good parts and that, like. That. Uh, at, at times, like interesting social criticism, yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm saying Demolition Man has the same. It's the same <laughs> vein. Sure, De- Demolition Man is an action-packed idiocracy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's my take for today. Uh, anyway, face off. <laughs> face off. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, oh yeah. So uh, I th- I think all of those things that spe- specifically makes you think of Demolition Man. That's probably like uh, just stuff that was left in the the script from when it was actually going to be a movie like Demolition Man. Yeah, because that's a that's an early '90s sci-fi action movie starring Stallone. So it, yeah. yeah, that was that was kind of the way they were, or the thing they were going for. But instead, they got this, yeah. which is now like a bona fide classic. So. <laughs> a thing I was thinking of a lot through this movie is, God damn, there's a lot of actors you know the face of. Yeah. In this movie, it's like m- almost every just a- speaking part is a character, an actor that you have seen somewhere before, but you don't really know exactly from where. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, well, there's, there's a couple of uh, that I that I recognize, like the doctor or the surgeon, or whatever he is. He's played by Colm Fior, which mm. I have a a, a a soft spot for. He plays. He plays another. He plays a very like delightfully evil, like bad guy in uh, the Chronicles of Riddick, oh. uh, which which I it's a guilty pleasure of mine. Um, yeah, and then you had, and I'm not sure of this because I haven't looked it up, and you don't see his face, but when um, when they pull oh, well another recognizable face, Alessandro Nivola playing uh, P- Pollux Troy. Is that his name? Yeah. Paul the brother, yeah. yeah. When they pull him out of the prison, because, you know, John Travolta is now the bad guy, um, and he is... No, it's before that. Or, no, I don't remember. Uh, whatever. He's being interrogated by a guy, and I just I just heard his voice, and I was like, that's Banya from Seinfeld. I don't know the guy's <laughs> name, but I mean... And I'm, I'm not sure if it is him, but I'm fucking sure it is him. <laughs> yeah, I was just looking at... Also, like, Thomas Jane... Here. Yeah, he's the guy with the glasses, the, yeah, the nerdy some, guy in the prison. For some reason. Yeah. And then uh, Chris Bauer, who is the, the, the Beau character. Who's he? Uh, he has played in a lot of television shows, like oh, Law okay. & Order, for example. Uh, but there's Oh yeah, he, he was uh, one of the main characters sort of in True Blood also. Oh, okay, well I never, yeah. I never saw True Blood. And, and then there's uh, Matt Ross... Who has been in a lot of things, but I know him from American Psycho. Um, oh the, yes, the, the gay guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, I I recognized him. I was like, I was like, I saw the guy. You see him up on the the helicopter pad when they're shipping off to prison. Yeah, and I was like, oh yes, that's Gavin Belson from uh, Silicon Valley. That's where oh, I okay, him yeah. From. Uh, and then the uh, John Carroll Lynch is also one of those characters. Yeah, the, the prison. Guard, uh, main guard, yeah. Yeah, uh, like uh, Zodiac Fargo. Yeah. Uh, uh, American so Horror a... Story. Where's Oh, yeah, American Horror Story. He has mm. a bunch of, bunch of roles. Uh, all right, Danny Masterson. <laughs> it's just a oh, random yeah. boyfriend or, a, yeah. uh, or well, <laughs> yeah, well, rapist, random, I guess. Random, random rapist, yeah. yeah random rapist. Foreshadowing. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, of course, you have, I mean, you have John Travolta. No. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. No, no, yeah, but 
there's the other guy who plays one of the 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 agents. Um, he's he's basically in the whole movie. I and I recognize his face. I think I've seen him in TV. I, I don't I don't I don't have his name in front of me. Oh ah shit. Ah whatever. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway, there's a lot of people you just oh, oh J- J- James Denton. He plays Buzz. Um, he's yeah, he's in some sort of he's wearing scrubs in his uh, IMDb profile picture. So I'm guessing he's been on some sort of some sort of t- uh, uh, hospital show. All oh, right, right, right. Ah, Desperate that guy. Housewife. Yes, Desperate Housewife. He's in Desperate uh, Housewife. Yeah. yeah, there's so many people in this yeah. movie, <laughs> and um, no one that you really are a fan of. We're just like, oh, no, that you, but guy. you recognize, oh, that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I like. Uh, the, the lady who, like, says, like, you're gonna uh, replace your face. We have a special mission for you, CCH Pounder. Yeah. She she has a bunch of, like, similar roles to this. Like, small yeah. parts as, like, some sort of authoritative figure in a bunch of 90s movies. And so it, I don't know. I don't know if this was just... Because uh, I, was, I, was, I was... Oh, is that... Hasn't she played An- uh, Amanda Waller in one of the Suicide Squads? And no, then, that's not her. That's no, the other lady. But she has played Amanda Waller in uh, a lot of uh, voice acting. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's that probably that I know her from there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. You, like, just, I'm, I don't know a lot about Suicide Squad, but judging from the movies, she would be great as yeah. Amanda Waller, the Amanda Waller character. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's very, very, I, I don't know. A coincidence, but I like it in this movie. Um, Let's see. Ah, yes! Ha! I looked it up. I looked okay. it up. Um, uh, Stephen Heitner played uh, Banya in Seinfeld, and he has the role of interrogating agent in Face Off. <laughs> yes, it was him! Uh, I'm so happy. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... But right, you know, yeah. uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, he is such a rec- if you watch yeah. Seinfeld, he is such a recognizable, uh, well, yeah. face. We don't get the face, but his voice, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, but speaking of actors, hmm? since this is the um, the the Nicolas Cage podcast, let's talk a little bit about <laughs> Nicolas Cage. Um, yeah. And oh my God. <laughs> yeah. He is uh, at least. For the beginning of the movie, when he is still, you know, the the bad guy character, he mm. is unhinged. Yeah, that's... I, when I'm thinking Rage Cage, I'm thinking him dressed up as a priest, headbanging. Oh, yeah, doing that. That is yeah, the helicopter. Rage Cage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he's amazing. And it's it's... You really feel that he's enjoying himself playing oh, this yeah. hysterically bad guy. Which, which is kind of interesting, yeah, because it feels like he's really reveling in those earlier uh, moments. But he was... Um, originally, he didn't really want to do the movie because he didn't want to play the bad guy. Oh. He's like, oh, no, I don't want to be, like, pegged as the crazy bad guy. But then we're like, no, 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 but we, you're just for the first 20 minutes, then you're actually <laughs> yeah. the good guy playing the bad guy. And he's like, huh. All right, Hello. all right. <laughs> so I'm yeah. wondering if he's, like, just laying on thick... Because that's what he thinks people want in this movie, and unintentionally does it amazingly well. But still, yeah, I and know. I I do think that it works out best in this way because when John Travolta takes over the character, uh, he he plays so um, uh, mellowed out because he needs to to yeah, pretend yeah. to fit in, and I don't think that Nicolas Cage could have worked with that. Um, uh, that that um, to try and con- try and try and like rein himself in. Yeah, the 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 co- the muffled bad guy sort mm-hmm. of. The, the... No, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. He he works better as the the sort of a straight man in this one. Yeah, definitely. And, and I, it's it's very fun because I was very amazed several times when he this specifically when he comes. Uh, when he gets out of prison, mm-hmm. and this, this when you see his face like having forty emotions in the, at the same time, because he, <laughs> yeah. he he's very sad and broken, mentally broken, but at the same time needs to pretend to be st- st- 
unstable, I guess. Yeah, specifically but, the the scenes in the the place with the the the, the, the guy drug who gives him the drugs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is another uh, actor people recognize. I don't. I I know the name. It's Nick Cassavetes, but I can't place him in any other movie. Unfortunately, no, I know he's me like neither. a known actor, but still. Um, yeah, like when he he's like trying to play the part of Castor Troy. It's yeah. It, and he, he, which is, I mean, that must be hard part to play. Yeah. Um, I, I guess more, more, more for the character than the actor, I suppose. Well, for the actor as well. <laughs> but to, to, to try and, but that, that's what's so interesting about this and that, that aspect of the movie. That he has to impersonate the man he is like hated for six years. Yeah. Um, and him like struggling to, to, maintain a, 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 a like a, a sense of himself in there it's amazing um like the first time when he when he sees himself in the mirror and he almost has a nervous breakdown um and that coming back then when he he tries to act like Castro Troy in the prison um when everyone starts laughing and the same thing yeah in the in the scenes with the with the drug dealer yeah so, so I think he's he's doing a great job and I think this is I uh, well I mean it's not leaving Las Vegas, but it is close no. to one of his best. Oh, it's up there, yeah, definitely. So far in his career, at least. Um. So yeah, he's yeah, he's just great. Uh, yeah, and I. This is we talked about that a lot before in the, in the last season, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, this is one of those where I can't see anyone else be able to do it. Nah, no, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, they they really hit the nail on the head with with Travolta, uh, Cage, and Travolta. Yeah, and I, I get again. I'm just same with Travolta. I can see anyone doing as good as him. And no, yeah, he should he should oh, be that's... a bad guy more often. I mean, yeah, he, I mean, he kind of did that he, a few, like ten now... years ago. Yeah, he went into like I'm gonna play the the cool bad guy for a while, and I don't know, mm. I don't know what he does now, but. Now he uh, mostly makes bad movies. Yeah, um, yeah, but it's kind of funny because around this time he just he just I never really uh, noticed it because it was before I was alive and I haven't really watched any of like the seventies and eighties uh, Travolta movies. But he had kind of like a, he was in like a slump and almost was like uh, you know quote unquote done in Hollywood before Pulp Fiction. Yeah, and that was just. Two, no, three years before this one. Yeah, and he had like a, a an, an upswing um, with Pulp Fiction, but then also with movies like Get Shorty, and mm. um, we got we got to act a little bit. But then he did, eh, he did like Michael, and I do like Phenomenon, but it's just, it's, it's it's a bland movie. Just I, I like it from my childhood. Yeah, but I then, like it too. It's... Yeah, in this movie though, I, I he gets to. Um, Unleash his acting chops, especially yeah. since he has to he has to pretend to be Nicolas Cage for most <laughs> of the movie. Which I mean, that takes some like level of skill of acting, you know. Yeah, and he, and he does it well, very well. He's so menacing. Oh yes, you really feel that he can explode at any time when he. Yeah, I another thing. I'm just. What's your interpretation? I'm just wondering. Why is he so uh, set on um, making the family's life better? <laughs> um, uh... Why is he so set on that to to like make his make Archer's wife love him and <laughs> like protecting the daughter from a rapist and giving her a knife and and all these things? Why? Um, uh, I think it's, it's... not because it, this is above just. Just keeping up appearances. This is above yes, that. Is. Yes, yes. Um, well, yeah, but part of it is, is that keeping up appearances. But I also think that there is, um, there is more depth to these characters, specifically Caster Troy, um, than 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 most of the movie lets off. Like, we don't really get a lot of information about the characters, but we do get um, when he's visiting Sean Archer as Caster Troy in the prison the first time, or the the mm. only time they meet in there. Um, and he, when the the guards come in because um, 
Archer's trying to strangle him. He says like, "Yeah, it's like he he obviously had a a, a a a tough childhood. Like there there and and the fact that he has a very strong bond to his brother, it it. I mean, armchair psychologist here, but he speaks of like like an abusive relationship to his at least at least one of his parents. Um, also you know, his his line of works. He's like a." Uh, basically a thrill seeker more than a criminal like he just does these things because it's it's fun and exciting um he just chose criminal criminality because it's Mm. yeah it's it's more dangerous um and the couple that would you know obviously like a a a, a severe drug addict as we see he always has his little blue box box of blue pills um and I I I think I, I I think like when he when he becomes Sean Archer it's it's almost like he wants to in a way uh e- even though the real Sean Archer won't really know it or at least he doesn't think he's going to know it he wants to corrupt the family but he's also I think starting especially with the daughter in that situation um he's feeling protective because he is very protective of his 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 remaining family which is just his brother really from what we understand um and he's probably and that might just be me reading into it because he doesn't seem to know about his son because he hasn't met his his quote-unquote wife for years Mm. um that that's more the fake caster troy feeling like guilty over not taking care of his son so sean archer really um, I I just think that he's like deeply conflicted. So he wants to <laughs> he wants to hurt uh, Archer by corrupting the family, but the more he spends time with the family, he kind of like I said, at least with the daughter, wants to protect them as well because it is in his nature to protect family. Um, yeah. and he's torn between that. I that might be me reading a little bit too much into it, but that's the feeling I got watching it this time. Well, that that was. Yeah, that's the well, the answer I wanted. That's I want you to think more about it because it was something that sort of I couldn't figure it out when I was yeah. watching. Because it oh, it felt kind of weird that he was that at some points he was like, yeah, you're living Archer's life better than Archer does. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> like, and another thing which they don't really bring up in the movie, but um, it it's once again just told through looks and faces when he kills uh the son Michael in the beginning. He's he obviously didn't mean for it, and he even looks like uh, remorseful in that scene, even if it's not much. You can still see like ah shit, shouldn't have shot the kid. Mm. Um, so he's he's feeling some sort of guilt over that, even though he doesn't really care about it. Because he he mentioned that in the end, like oh you should get over it, man. That was yeah, six it wasn't personal. It wasn't personal. It was an accident. Yeah, but obviously then you know, since he brings it up, he 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 thinks of it. Maybe not as much as as Archer does, but he has thought about it oh, at points during these six years. Obviously, like it's in there. It's it's ah, it's under the surface. Nah. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting character. Yeah, it, and again, that's I think a big strength of this movie that there you can analyze the characters because usually yeah. you can't in uh, an action movie. No, there's I mean, the hero no. and the bad guy. There's yeah, in in action movies like this, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if you put like another great action movie, Die Hard. Yeah, there isn't that much to analyze about John McClane. No, there isn't that much. Um, it's, it's like it's, it's more on the surface there, but you know, yeah, it's it's there's not much to yeah to analyze. He's a cop, and he yeah. uh, he has a strange relationship with his wife, but he does love her. So when terrorists yeah, uh, attack, gotta uh, save her. And same with the bad guy. I want yes. money. Okay, yeah, that is literally his it. thing. He 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 tries to play it off as he's doing some sort of like liberation of these freedom fighters, but he just wants money. Yeah. So uh, yeah, again, what, what John Woo said. Uh, yeah, focus on the emotional core of the movie. Yeah, I mean, and every every movie, well, maybe not every, but most <laughs> movies. Uh, benefit from that, whether it's a drama or an action movie. Like, if, if you care about the characters, and if your characters feel like genuine and real, um, the stakes are raised, and you you care when yeah. they get shot or they have to race to stop the bomb or whatever, you know. And 
I, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say it every movie. I, I can't think of any movie. Yeah, oh, that, no, yeah sure. I'm where, just... where it won't. Because I was thinking maybe one movie, one, one genre at least of movies was a slasher movie, because that's very rare. That we care about anyone. Yeah. They're mostly <laughs> yeah, yeah, placeholders yeah. For, to die. Yeah. Uh, but there are a few. Uh, I'm thinking like uh, Black Christmas is one of them. and Sure, yeah. I would say maybe Cabin in the Woods. But, but that makes the movies better. Oh, yeah. Yes, that, it does. That's yes, why they doesn't... are movies that we remember more than Friday the Night Part 8. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I would say that every movie would benefit for, with more depth of characters. I'm just um, thinking, like, maybe, maybe some, like, like extreme, like, art house movies that are just all about, like, style. I'm thinking, I don't know if you've seen Upstream Color. From oh, yeah, I have. Prime, I like, have. I, I don't know if... Like fleshing out the characters would have helped that movie. Well, much. I mean, that movie would help if, we, if there were characters. <laughs> yeah, first off. sure, so, sure, I guess. <laughs> the, uh, oh, and and, and if there were characters, it would have been a better movie. That is fleshing out the characters okay, that doesn't yeah. exist. So, good point. I I mean, I guess every movie uh, benefits from yeah. good characters. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. Well, so, so I'm 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 glad John Woo had you know he he didn't just snort a bunch of coke and say we need more explosions, all right? He said, yeah. like, hey, let's focus on the characters. And I was like, that's such a fundamental difference. Keep yeah. going back to The Rock because The Rock is the worst of the. They're, they're really like, they're really like on a on a what's it called like on a on a grading scale. They're just like worst. Uh, Okay, best of these three movies. Yeah. Like, the Rock is so bad, especially when you compare it to this. Oh yeah, it's it's night and day. And it's just like a, what is it, like a year later. What what why do people even bother with The Rock when you have Face Off? <laughs> because people have a hard on for Sean Connery. That's why. Uh, that's well, the only thing. That's the only sure. thing that that makes people want to watch that movie. That Sean Connery is in it. I guess. Um, and I mean, yeah, you, that's still like two different movies, but they came out so close to each other with like similar actors, um, similar style, you know, stylistic action. I'm just like, wow. Because almost, I mean, this is like we said, this is obviously a classic and it was very well received when it came out, but it almost feels like people talk about The Rock more. Hey, that might just be me projecting. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think... That is because The Rock still sort of, for people who like it, that is, mm. they feel that it doesn't have the praise it needs, while oh. Face Off have all the praise it sure. needs. Everyone knows Face Off is a good movie. There's no one, I'd say, that have seen the movie would say, ah, it wasn't that good. No, yeah. That... Sure, 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 you can say it's not for me, it's not in oh, sure. my, what I like, but no one can say it's a bad movie. No, that's, that, yeah, that's, because it, it is one of those movies, it has like... Almost universal appeal. Yeah. I mean, the only reason I own this on DVD is because back when I was, I don't know, I must have been in my teens. Um, I, I used to, like, try to make my mom watch movies more. I still do to a certain degree, but now she watches movies on her own. Um, and I remember, like, because she, 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 she's not a fan of action, but I was like, we should watch Face Off. Um, and it was mainly because I wanted to have it on DVD, but I didn't want to pay for it. So it's like, you should buy Face Off. We should watch Face Off. <laughs> um, and I mean, even, even her, um, like I said, she's not really a fan of action or like, you know, violence and stuff like that. She like genuinely enjoyed it. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, I don't remember exactly why, but I'm, I'm guessing it's because it's not just action. It has, it has layers. It has depth. It has yeah. emotions. I mean, sure, um, like I said, if, universal appeal. Yeah, even if you don't like action, you can just... L there are big part chunks of the movie, as we said, that have no action at all. Yeah. So you can just zone out during the action movies and you still have a pretty good movie. And yeah, if you're yeah, really and... into action, you can zone out at the emotional parts and have a really have really good action. And that's that's another thing, like... There's enough in the action to make it, like, matter for the story. But honestly, without the action, the story still makes sense. Like, you could more or less cut out the action. It would still be the same move or the same story. Yeah. Well, so, uh, well it, more or less. It would be the same story, but we would lose uh, 
some of the character developments. And oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely, so. definitely. But it would work. Yeah, it wouldn't be as good, but it would work. Yeah. Um, and I and I think I think that uh, it's reflected in 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 the uh, 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 what's it called the reviews at the time uh, because this got like great reviews. I mean, he got a couple of like ten out of tens, which mm-hmm. is just f- for an action movie like this. Oh, you know, we got a, a bunch of ten out of tens actually. It's just like insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it it kind of. I mean, I, spoilers for our grading. It might not deserve ten out of ten, but I mean, it's fucking close. Because <laughs> um, I mean, out of uh, I always go to uh, Meta Metacritic, and it has a meta score of eighty two out of a hundred. It has universal acclaim. It has zero negative reviews. It has three mixed, and even the mixed reviews are like. Eh, it's still good. I mean, especially if you like action, but if you don't, it's a little much, maybe. Well, That's basically it. Yeah. Uh, another thing, though, that I... Uh, another complaint I have, but it's such a good action, so I, I don't... It doesn't really matter. But this must be the worst and sloppiest prison ex- escape ever. Ah, uh, yeah. There is no plan. There is, and it's if you look through it, there is not one moment through the entire ac- uh, escape scene that isn't based on luck. No, yes, yes. I mean, and I, I, I I'm, I'm guessing that the prison escape was a bigger part of the movie originally. Mm. Um, this, this, it almost feels like just to go back to to the original concept of Schwarzenegger Stallone. They made a movie in 2013 called Escape Plan, I think. Yes, Escape Plan, mm-hmm. where they actually play uh, two prisoners, well, sort of one one uh, um, undercover prisoner, um, escape from a very similar Supermax prison. Um, but then the escape is like 95% of the movie. So I'm, I'm guessing, and, and here, you know, John Woo just wanted to get Nicolas Cage off that goddamn platform. Yeah, but so I, can, can we continue with the story? <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, the action. So it is, is, it is silly. It's great action, so so I can I can forgive it. But yes, if if the if if you just wanted him to get out, why don't just take some of Caster Troy's friends and get him out? Uh, yeah, I mean, just it's such a sloppy job to just he just asks someone on a whim. When do they get off? Take off the boots. Oh, when you go to the hospital. Okay, let's start a fight. Go to the hospital. Oh, prison guard, could you light my cigarette? Why would he do that? But he does. Oh, now I have a weapon, so I can escape. Oh, this guy who just got electroshock therapy that I didn't even know was gonna be here is on the ground. Let's hope yeah. he gets up and help me. It's yeah, just no one, no one restraining him or putting back yeah. the bandit boots on him. No, he's just lying there, like in the open. He's uh, like, uh, he's not even knocked out. He's just lying there. Yeah. What was what was Archer's plan in that in that moment? If that guy hadn't been there, <laughs> what, what was I, the plan? What was the plan? Well, if the, it was the just, pl- could I have a light or a cigarette? No. Well, fuck. I guess I'll die then. It's just... The plan was that on page eighty-five in the script it said he yeah. escapes. That yeah. was the plan. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I think that's that's. Yeah. I think that's, that's the that's biggest a big plot hole. The biggest. I don't know if we could call it a plot hole, but the biggest issue with the plot in the movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, I'm. I'm just didn't put that out there. <laughs> we do, however, and we we kind of got to talk about that before we wrap up. We do in that prison escape. We get an amazing stunt where a guy jumps like i think it it was like it was like 60 feet so about what like 40 meters no six yeah 40 meters just into from that platform into the ocean like for real um and that's the simplest uh uh stunt there's so many like big set pieces in this the 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 actual like life-size plane crashing into a hangar um and and the, the when they when they flip the boat in the end and the yeah. two actors I'm pretty sure it's some compositing going on because they couldn't just throw a boat at them, <laughs> but them just flying through the air with the boat behind them it's insane. Yeah. There's so many insane like action set pieces in this movie. Yeah, and it really it really works because you 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 see and you feel that this is stunt people actually doing these things. There is yeah. 
barely any visual effects. Again, yeah. maybe some composing here, composing yes, here and there, but but that's it. There's still people doing these. Yeah, things. they're still that's... flying through the air. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, that that's a because I didn't I didn't specifically remember that boat chase um, or how it ended. And I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> that the ending of that 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 boat chase was insane. Um, and I mean, I uh, off the top of my head, I mean, we did get I guess in Con Air a big plane in in um, on the Las Vegas Strip, but I don't know how much of that was uh, like actually real. But I mean. Other than other than face off, I don't think we've seen a plane crash of that size um, until until Tenet two years, well, a year and a half ago, when they actually crashed a big seven forty seven into a hangar, which is very similar. It just it made me think like, oh, maybe Christopher Nolan must be a face off fan because it's the same <laughs> thing. Just drive it in, bunch of cameras filming all the action, and just blow the plane up. Uh, just gotta say, I've, I'm looking through the trivia section on IMDb. Seems like it wasn't fun making this movie, though. Well, there's a lot of trivias, like uh, Nicolas Cage saying one of the action scenes was one of the worst days of his life. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure that had to do with uh, all the stuff on the platform because he's like yeah. terrified of heights. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was like. They had to hide all the reflective surfaces where they had the the face <laughs> the makeup, off makeup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this seems like everyone has like, oh fuck, it was. Uh, well, John Travolta asked the writers they were making fun of him when they said this ridiculous, <sighs> oh, ridiculous chin. Chin, yeah. And they were like, no, no, it's, no. It's obvious, obvious to put it in there for yeah. us. I mean, come on. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah I know, but I mean, I mean, that's that's. Uh, I don't know how much faith you should put in that, but like you know, you gotta suffer a little bit for your art. <laughs> it makes yeah. it good. I mean, usually, usually when you hear like, "Oh, it was a it was a hellish shoot," it means the movie is good. And when everyone's just having fun and everyone's laughing and we're just you know hanging around <sighs> the concessions, whatever, that's when you get like I don't know Paul Blart or any other Adam Sandler no. movie because they're just they're just hanging out having fun, you know. Yeah, that's here they actually you know. They got to get in uncomfortable situations uh, because it was needed to make the movie they wanted to. I mean, sometimes you know that could still result in a bad movie, and then it's then then it's not worth it at all. But I mean, I at least I think that's you should suffer a little bit for your art to make it good. Yeah. So, but Nicolas Cage does consider this one of the best movies he ever made. So. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> um. Uh, out of the ones we've watched so far, and ones I've seen but we haven't talked about, I uh, agree. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely up there. I wouldn't oh, say yeah. the best, but it's up no. there. No. Uh, but S- it, speaking it, of... it goes just it's higher up on the best action movies in the world. It's probably a top ten best action movies ever made. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. But it's um, not a top ten movies ever made. But, no, no. But action movies list definitely up there. Yeah, and I gotta say, like for a lot of years, since it was so long since I saw it, I have probably not seen it since well, my my teens or maybe my early twenties. I've I kind of wrote this off. Um, oh. From like action movie lists, you know, that I make in my head or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah it's a it's a good action movie, but you know, it's no John Wick. But like watching it now, like <laughs> it's kind of like John Wick. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, scoring. Yes. Uh, you first? Uh, sure. Uh, I'm going to give this... Uh, well, I'm going to give it uh, a weak, weak nine. Oh. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of just like last week. I'm not sure if it's a, it's a, if it's a strong eight or a weak nine. Um, I, I'll give it... A, I'll, you know what? I'll give it a nine as well. You know what? I'm 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 gonna change my score directly. No, it's a it's a very very strong eight. It's not a weak (laughs) nine. It's a very very strong eight. You're sticking with nine, or you're gonna go down to eight two. Um, shit. (laughs) Uh, I was looking over the other movies, and I I can't put this in the same bracket as Red Rock West and Leaving Las Vegas. I can't do it. Well, yeah, and I gave. I gave an eight to yeah Red Rock West, an eight to Wild at Heart. 
A nine to Moonstruck. Uh, Ten to Vampire's Kiss. Well, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's, that should be a, a hundred out of ten. <laughs> yeah, okay. You know what? An eight. Uh, uh, peer very, pressure. Very, very strong. Yes. Partly yep. peer pressure. Partly because, you know, like we, we, we talked a lot about the complexities of the characters, but they're not even close to like characters like Ben Sanderson in Living Las Vegas. Or, yeah. or, or, and I was saying, it, on quality level, uh, this is not as good as Leaving Las Vegas. No. Uh, but at, on the entertainment level, it's oh, yeah. not the same as Red Rock West. Oh, I would rather watch Red Rock West than this one. I'd say. I would put them in the same. Because yeah. I, I gave them both eight. So yeah, yeah they're, you, gave, they're, you picked them in the same. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, um. it's, I mean, if I had to pick, you know, I, I would say uh, both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, for very different reasons. Um, uh, but I was so uh, yeah I wouldn't be able to pick. Yeah. You but, you're, watch you're, one. but you were also a little more into action than I am. Generally, yes, so. definitely, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, strong eight is still pretty good score. Uh, oh, yes, it is. Specifically, when we said we're going to be a little more uh, harsh in this season with the scores. Yeah, and we we have been, I guess. Uh-huh. I mean, I gave Connor a seven. I mean, mm. that's. I mean, like I said, it was a very very weak seven. Just yeah. quickly, I, I got to say that that what what pushed it over was just that I I would just felt completely in love with Cameron Paul. <laughs> <laughs> just insane. Um, otherwise, yeah, that's that's another six. But this yeah. is definitely it's a very strong eight. So, uh, are we going to do reviews, or are we just going to wrap up? Because it became a pretty long one, this one. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> Almost at the hour mark now, I think. Yeah, well, we, we just passed an hour. Hmm. Yeah, no, like I, I can, I'll just say that, yeah, it has an 80... Like I said, it has an 82, which is... Yeah. Especially for a 90s action movie, that's rare. Yeah. Like, it, it really it struck a chord with people back then. Yeah. I only have a seven point two um, on uh, IMDb though. Uh, the user score? Uh, yeah, user score. Huh. What three hundred sixty-six thousand reviews and it's yeah, a seven point two. Yeah, hmm. yeah that, I mean, that's that's uh, that's lower than I thought. Oh yeah, and just to then compare. Oh my God! You see this? This is what's wrong with our society. <laughs> user rock, scores. Users, you. People, man, they're the worst. <laughs> because The Rock has a seven point four. Well, That's, I mean, uh, wait, yeah, it's it's point two higher than Face Off. Like, come on, <laughs> what the fuck? Oh well, I'm not I'm not gonna get angry at at people. No. Well, yeah. on that, we're gonna leave the action th- trilogy of The Rock, Conor, and the Face Off. Yeah, for a while. Yeah, we're gonna go. Well, the action trilogy is over. But there will be oh, more yeah. action movies. There will be more action uh, later. But the action trilogy is over, so now we're gonna now we're gonna get a little more uh, uh, mixed bag f- for the next coming episodes. Yeah, some drama, some yeah. thriller. Yeah, so some next week, comedy? Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, I think comedy. I think so. Uh, but that no, that's a while before comedies. I think. But yeah, anyway, so next yeah. week it's City of Angels. Yes. Uh, which you haven't seen, if I remember correctly. I have seen parts of it, but yeah, I can't say I've seen it. I saw it like when it was on TV when I was a kid. Oh. That's about it. I own it as on DVD. <laughs> yes, you do. I know. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, and it's if I remember correctly, it was while since watching. If I remember correctly, it's a romantic drama, which is Ooh. kind of rare these days to have not romantic comedy, a romantic drama. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's the it's the. Uh, it's the eradication of the mid-budget movie, so you don't have any more... Very few romantic comedies, even fewer romantic dramas. It's all yeah. either $100 million super blockbuster or a like $2 million yeah. horror genre movie. Like the last romantic drama I remember is... I think that's one. The Notebook? That's a romantic drama, right? Yeah, that was a big one. Yeah. Um, that's that. I think that's the last big one. We yeah, have... the, oh yeah, the last big one definitely. I mean, there's yeah. been some like yeah, it's always, some it's always hall, movies. hallmark movies always. So, but yeah, sure, because they're I'll always say, they're romantic dramas. I mean, there is, like I said, not mainstream, but if you want to go like into the more indie territory, Derek C. and Franz is great at like 
drama, like uh, heavy on the romance, like drama. He made um, Blue Valentine and uh, The Light Between Oceans, which are... Mm. Not equally great, but both are good movies. Blue Valentine is amazing. But... I haven't seen them, but I I know of them. Oh yeah. Oh, we should uh... check out Blue Valentine. It's so fucking good. Anyway. But yeah, that's next next week. We can talk that's... about Blue Valentine. Yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, so City of Angels, which is uh, 1998. He made two movies in 1998. This is the first one. Yeah, and the second one is Snake Eyes. That's going to be interesting, because yeah. I've never even seen a scene out of that. So. No, me neither. So, no, no. Uh, but yeah, that's first uh... City of Angels. Yeah, for City of Angels. Yeah, and that's for next week. So uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody who's listening. Um, Remember, you can always get the episodes for free every Tuesday on every major podcast platform. Um, But if you want the the episodes way in advance, um, like at at the time we're recording this, we recorded four episodes now of this second season, and nothing is available yet unless you are a Patreon or a patron. So go to patreon.com slash don't make a scene and just for three bucks a month, you'll not only get all these episodes in advance for each season, um, you'll also get exclusive episodes of my other podcast, SpoilerCast, as well as exclusive videos, commentary tracks, a bunch of stuff, and all for just three bucks a month. And you'll also just help us out, you know, to keep uh, the show afloat with all the, the costs that's come with making a podcast. So check that out. Links are everywhere. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. But until then, have a good one. Bye. Madness in the Method is part of the Please Don't Make a Scene podcast network. It is produced and directed by Tobias Vedin after a concept by Christopher Billion. It is hosted by Tobias Vedin and Christopher Billion. Executive producer is Annika Vedin. If you want to be a supporter of the show, please check us out on patreon.com slash don't make a scene where you can get early access to episodes exclusive episodes of other podcasts, commentary tracks, and much, much more. And we want to give a huge shout-out to our patron supporters, Laura Kinney, Rasmus Jonsson, Mom, and Dad. <laughs>